1: Ford Peer is a talented multi instrumentalist, sharp songwriter, and arresting performer based in Vancouver, British Columbia. Over the past three decades, Ford has collaborated with Rio Statics, Carolyn Mark, Junior Gone Wild, DOA, and members of No Means No, among others. He has also established himself as a vivid lyricist and post punk rock enthusiast in his own pursuits, and his Ford Peer Vengeance trio recently released their latest album, Expensive Tissue. Some months ago, Ford stopped by Guelph, Ontario's CFRU 93.3 FM for a live-to-air conversation with me, which covered his life and musical trajectory, and it also included a few live performances uh, as well. So with the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash Control, plus in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 476th episode of Creative Control, featuring the wonderful Ford Pier live at CFRU, with your host me, Vishkana. What day?
2: Not
3: to assign Not a gravity to it that it can't live up to, but I think we learned some
2: things. We learned some things. Important things about giving voice to the things that you feel. When I laid them all out before me, and I could have given them as a set, as a set. And the pattern they've been made, 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 be made available to me, time. Time. Like, for time.
3: Time. like for the very first time, like for the very first time, like for the very first time, and I could hear that voice.
1: Hi, Ford. How's it going? It's going good, Vish. How are you? I'm very well. It's nice to see you. I can actually see you through panes of glass. Uh Uh-huh. It's nice. It's nice to have you in Ontario. How how have your travels been so far?
2: So far, so good. I just got off the plane. You know, they gave me a Jeep to drive around in and... They gave, here
1: I am. The airline gave you a
2: Jeep? Budget oh, gave oh, me a Jeep. Oh, I see. I, I, I asked for a smaller vehicle. And, <laughs> That's their but thing. They, uh, all, they, all they had was a Jeep. They do that, don't but they? But I don't have to pay extra for it.
1: They, they do that, too. They, they're like, we don't have the car you asked for. Yep. Every time, here's a, a bigger, more gigantic, fuel-consuming car. And for your trouble, we're not going to charge you more money.
2: I've got it kind of figured out now. Yeah. It's not so
1: bad. Well, we're we very happy to have you here to play us some <clears> songs. And I thought without further ado, we're going to talk as well. But without further ado, I thought uh, maybe we'll, we, we'd will we start with you playing a song. What song are you going to play for us?
2: I'm going to play one that doesn't contain any profanity. Yes, I, I did mention um, that to you before. Finer Qualities. Okay.
3: This is the weakness that's too weak to be Weakness, weakness ought to be Weaker than you are When you sally forth with nothing in the tank You've only got yourself to thank When you stall before you get too far Maybe on foot that defeat Could be put to the lie Lie, 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 lie Why don't you give your journey's total length, couldn't that be something very much like strength? So much for the standard model false alarm, decaying beauty has its charm, Became it truth is strange. So maybe you're a bit like what we think we know about our friend the neutrino. Like if you had no mass, you'd move so fast that you would never change. Over and close to the load, cause it goes very slow. Low, 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 low. Go on and give it a go. You can do a lot of things you don't know how. You can change your flavor from electron to a muon to a tau. Much for the standard model, anyhow. The weak things follow the weak things, base things, sire base. Every instance, every case, the outcome is the same. But foolish things are chosen to confound the wise, to flabbergast these clever guys, to check them, send them back from where they came. You can be how you work if you move very fast. Redo the deeds that you did in the past. Do what you did not, but you can make it last. You can watch it collapse. You can trust that it has to, because no appeal to reason can't contend with faith With an all-seeing and all-knowing wraith That speaks the language of your dreams But if you hear a voice With that familiar tone Speak of dreams that aren't your own you be so weak as to hold with its schemes Maybe you'll slow to a close Without too much ado Do, 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 do Do whatever you have to do Find a way to reframe all of these defects as finer quality.
1: Ford Pierre, live at CFRU. That was finer qualities from his 2012 album with the uh, Vengeance Trio. Huzzah! The album is called Huzzah! Ford, uh, how are you feeling in there?
2: Good. I like it here.
1: You like it in there? You're surrounded by green cloth, the <coughs> green screen aspect of the of the show.
2: Yeah, where are you going to, like... Uh Put me. I don't know where the, you.
1: I haven't. I don't have the stream going right now, so I don't know exactly where you and I both don't know where you are. All right. But we know. We do know you, where you are physically. It's nice to have you here. Now that song was fascinating. Did I get everything right? It came out in 2012. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. 2012. And you have a thing that you do sometimes in your songs, and I can't quite figure it out. It's like you're. It's a motivational aspect <laughs> to your songs, but i sometimes it's satiric and sometimes I think it's genuine where you're either uh, offering affirmation to someone who probably doesn't deserve it uh, <laughs> or you're or you're genuinely genuinely trying to help someone along is that is that about
2: right? I have never thought of it in quite those terms, but <laughs> sure yeah if the if the shoe fits yeah
1: are you uh, generally a fan of satire
2: oh uh, sure, I mean satire satire is a big word parody Either satire like, are you sure th- yes th- yeah, yeah 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 well this isn't satire but very often i think that the uh uh th- the best way to say something is to say something else right um, which is that in fact like is that is that the literary definition of irony Well, yeah, sort of requiring a reading between the lines. I don't think that there's anything, you know, like super sophisticated about it or whatever. But it it, to me, it replies more to the way that we think and the way that we form opinions to, uh, you know, offer sort of a a roundabout route to uh, the consideration of a topic rather than just saying, I think this, Hmm. which also has its place. But I don't think like that. So I don't think that I could write very well like that. Do you think
1: that we're too too, maybe obsessed with sort of dichotomy stuff, black and white, right and wrong, weak and strong?
2: Well, I do think that there has been a weakening of our capacity to differentiate between, you know, what is being overtly said and what is being meant. Hmm. I think that a lot of that has to do with how we get our information, you know, the names of files and things. It's impossible to you know, read between the lines in under however many characters. I think that this all goes hand in hand with, you know, why younger people alphabetize things by people's first names.
1: <laughs> you, when you say file names, I was wondering what you were getting at. W- where did that come from? You you feel like maybe uh, intellectually we're not we're not as strong as we once were or maybe I could think be. That,
2: I think that the, I think that I think no I don't think that I, okay. but I do think that intellectually we're less willing to uh fill in the blanks there's no time no time yeah, there's yeah you need to know what a thing is and where to put it right I think uh, all of us in, all, in, in our lives and uh you know people set aside more nuanced modes of consideration for I don't know relationships or sure. for uh, uh spiritual pursuits or whatever but just in terms of you know like receiving ordinary information there's just no time for it tell me what it is tell me what it says yeah or- and that's
1: that's the end of it and that ordinary information you're referring to is often big picture information it's like news about the world
2: well in the case of like a song like finer qualities it's it's you know, information about some subatomic particles, about oh, which oh. I understand very little indeed. I see. But I just sort of thought that that was, in in the case of writing that song, this is, a you know, a good example of, of something which... It's, it's particle physics. It has absolute solutions, so you would suppose. Like, right. there is an answer to this. Right. And the answers that we hew to at any given time you know, they wind up being disproven and they change. Right. Right.
1: I see. Okay. Well, no, I appreciate that. Now, you are, I mentioned earlier, you're from (laughs) Vancouver? Yep. Is that where you were born and raised?
2: No, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts, and we moved to Canada when I was quite young. I grew up in Edmonton. I moved to Vancouver in 1991.
1: Wow, those were a lot of cities. Three, three. Well, that's a lot for me. I mean, it's, it's, it's early for me. Still, are you a
2: uh, native
1: Guelphite? No, I'm from uh, just outside of Guelph, Cambridge. Ah, okay. You know me as a Guelph person. Yes. Yeah, I've been here uh, 22 years. So, there you go. Yeah. Hey, well,
2: uh, you're you're. A, I I consider myself to be from Vancouver yeah
1: I've been here longer than I was there there you go I've, I've spent now more time there sure so uh, what was your life like in Vancouver uh, after you, wait so wait Boston Edmonton Vancouver is that what you yeah, said yeah that's right so, then I moved
2: then I moved out here for Quite a while. You'll that's remember right. there was, you know, a good four years where I was getting my mail out here. That's
1: right, in Toronto?
2: Yep. Right. But that was also the, the, the golden age of the uh, the startup airlines with the $1 flights. $1, so, dollar. really? Sure, you remember that. It's I like, don't, I don't that's really. Steve Carroll from the Weaker Thens, he would stay up late at night and just, you know, like wait for jets go to have like (laughs) $1 (laughs) fares to, it's like, okay guys, we're going to California. Right. And then he would book the shows. Oh. After he got the flights. That's pretty clever. Yeah. Well, Steve's a smart man. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so effectively for a couple of years there, I was able to commute and, you know, like maintain a relationship on both coasts. Well, this isn't a coast, but it's... Yeah, yeah, I was flying back and forth for a while there and then settled in, in Toronto for for a, a couple of years and uh, moved back, I don't know, uh, 11 years ago now. Yeah, you've been gone a while, I,
1: yeah. I thought that. So how long were you in Boston? first three years of my life. Three years, Yeah. So you, yeah, fo- yeah. foggy memories at best.
2: Uh, some powerful ones, you know, all of the Robert McCloskey make way for ducklings sort of stuff. I, mm-hmm. I, I do very definitely remember smells and architecture and stuff and I haven't been there for ages the last okay. time that I was there was with DOA in 1997 we played the rat and uh, so there wasn't much to be reminded of there but uh yeah we we lived in a place uh, called uh, Newton just off Route 9 but I yeah I remember you know the kids from Zoom appearing at a at a park that I played at and stuff like that right know, so
1: so did you, uh, the other Canadian cities you mentioned, like you mentioned Toronto, and I know you, you've moved there of your own volition. You had agency, but were your parents moving you from Edmonton to Vancouver or how did that no, work No, no, I
2: moved from Edmonton to Vancouver so that I could join Roots Roundup.
1: Okay, so you, are, you were raised in Edmonton mm-hmm. then? Okay, yep. that's where my, my wife is from. Yes. I spend, I, do, we, I spend a fair amount of time in Edmonton now.
2: There you go. Yeah. I just came from there.
1: Yes, you were just there. What well, were, you, were you just visiting or were you playing a show? There
2: was a festival there called the Up and Downtown Festival, which oh, yes. is put on by Brent Oliver and uh, uh, some some other smart shoppers. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, the big event, I did a solo show there, but the big event was uh, the, uh, the group that I used to be in in Edmonton, which is called Junior Gone Wild. Yes, that's right. Yeah. We performed the album that we put out in 1990, Too Dumb to Quit. Wow. In in its entirety, Soup to Nuts. Wow. Which was a lot of fun. That was a total gas. How much uh,
1: practicing did you have to do for that?
2: I did not have to practice to do that. (laughs) 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 There was no opportunity to practice. I see, okay. There was no opportunity to practice with those guys. But, yeah, I had such a busy month, and, you know, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, the music is simple or you know like those are those are really great songs but I you know like I did not leave myself enough time to really bone up on that stuff Uh and I've never owned a copy of the record so I bought one online I bought a like I downloaded it and just a couple of days before the show before I was going to take off I sort of sat down at the piano in my room like okay I got to I got to figure this stuff out. I really got to put my nose through the grindstone. It was so easy. It was like my hand, I, my my hand became 19 years old again. Muscle memory kind of and thing? It just, well, at least partially, it had to do with the fact that I, had, I, I, I was uh, no threat on any instrument at that time. Hmm. And my parts were sort of designed so that I could just spend the most amount of time jumping in the air. Right pulling faces and stuff so the the parts were were pretty easy to they they came right back but that's like how i learned how to play piano and organ in a touring rock band was by playing those songs so you know it's rudiments so when you
1: revisit an album that came out uh I guess that's, I'm going to do the math real quickly. 28 years ago, is that right? Did yeah, something like tonight? that. Yep. So, when you revisit something like that, do you, ha- and it doesn't sound like you had a lot of time to process it even, but did it give you any perspective on that time period in your life, on what those songs were about, where they were coming from, or anything like that?
2: Yeah, well, I didn't have any songs that I had written on that record. You know, they mm-hmm. were mostly by uh, the, the main songwriter in the group, Mike McDonald, and his was a, a and, and his, a, you know, a, a strong, Distinctive voice in that idiom, and they are about you know universal things which everybody can relate to. I think. Do you I want mean, to uh, as- just
1: for people who don't know? Do you want to specify the idiom as you see it? Like- oh, it was,
2: it was what what came to be known as alt country. Mm-hmm. I think that we were a little bit ahead. Of, it would have been called like cow punk back then, right? Or something proto cow punk. Although the the group uh, before I joined also sort of shared a front here with what was then called the paisley underground right you know yeah uh, that sort of stuff and the first record that they put out in 1986 i think which was called less art more pop uh that came out on the uh the hardcore label from from california that was run by uh, youth brigade uh byo oh oh, right Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah and uh and so their first american shows at that time would have been with you know I don't know. I can't even remember any of those. I mean, like, I want to say like game theory, but they're far too distinctive. uh like, who were some of those? Like the the three o'clock or? Yeah, I mean, this is yeah, before my that, time a little bit too. So that, I'm, I'm a bit that foggy. sort of, I mean, like that. Yeah, that scene just kind of came and went for me without me paying all that much attention. But yeah. Junior was associated with it.
1: Um, when I say before my time I, I was born. Yeah. I, just, I just wasn't maybe processing everything that was sure. happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well I mean it sounds like you had and did you see friends in Edmonton as well?
2: Yeah, I saw friends and mm-hmm. I my my parents still live there and everything. So oh, yeah, cool. it was it was a great time. Not nice, sorry. But well, I, I it was I I saw it you know, your friends are always very respectful of you in a situation like that and they kinda of give you your space and yeah but casual acquaintances they always wanna, you know, like yeah. tell they, you about their broken leg or, or right. whatever and it was really I was kind of the, the one day this last month when I really should have stayed home and looked after my health because I could feel myself getting worn down it's like okay I got a month and a half yeah. of shows ahead of me where I have to sing every night every night this is you know quite a grind and uh, the one night when you know I could conceivably have you know just taken a bath and watch television and fall asleep in front of the fire and drunk tea and yeah no instead darcy hancock and i went down to seattle (laughs) to see the jesus lizard oh my (laughs) god
1: i saw darcy's uh, instagram videos of that it looked incredible and i
2: it was the best time since i've seen him since since they were originally active yeah honestly it was was better than either of the reunion shows that i saw however many 2009 yeah yeah
1: oh it was better than that Either. it was better than that Oh it was it was yeah because I remember in 2000, I, I regret not going to the Detroit show. They just—they didn't come up here. They didn't come uh, up to Ontario. Oh, they didn't. No, no, that surprises
2: I, I, me. Well, I think
1: uh, there's a couple <coughs> things going on there, but I do think that it's it's more difficult for bands to come up across the border than it used mm-hmm. to be, and yep, uh, that's a fact. Yeah, and anyway, they they played Detroit, and I, I regret not going because I I did see them. A bunch back in the day, sure. and then yeah, I saw yeah. them in 2009, and really, and it's it's as much about you and me as it is them. Uh-huh. We're just maybe in a better place to appreciate <laughs> just the fact that they were the they're in there, they're in there in that greatest rock and roll band of all time oh, territory yeah, for yeah, me. Absolutely, and yeah. the the four of them together, it's. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, that's understandable. That's understandable, yeah. that's understandable so, that you would go What was I going to
2: do say, you know, like, <laughs> we got those tickets in April. I was gonna say, Sorry, Darcy. You're going to have to. No, no, because they were on my phone. If I couldn't go, he couldn't go. That's the first time that I've ever bought a ticket. Oh, the tickets like... are on your phone. Yep. Yeah. First time I've ever done it. I was really nervous about it. It wound up being, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, like, that's just the sort of every time – I'm forced to interface with some part of the world that insists upon operating that way. Yeah, I just think this is exactly how the Dark Ages started. Well, you it know seems I mean- like that we, it
1: seems <laughs> like we're on the cusp of that, and I don't want to make things too heavy, but yeah, I think you're probably probably right. OK, I am right. I know you're right. I know you're right, and I, I think we should play uh, we should ha- I should ask you, rather,, yeah. to play uh, another song for us, and if, if that's okay with you, what, what would you like to play? Redeem what? Okay, go for it.
3: It doesn't mean that you stop. It doesn't mean that you stop. It doesn't mean anything other than that you keep on going till you need And when you get there, when you arrive up there, down look around away find yourself look up and step out in the thin air if you fall falling and failing are all Feeling like you could have been somebody else Now I want you to think I want you to think What was the last thing that passed through your head Before you up and toppled over the brain And I want you to know You to know that whatever it was wasn't a choice, it taught you to make itself so. So you plan, plotting and planning are okay, planning all. Don't ever lose sight that your best plans just might be the best laid plans of somebody else. you playing, plotting and planning a okay, planning all day, and plotting all night, plan all you can, just don't ever lose sight, that your best plans just might be the best, laid the plans off, give it another shot. redeem 1
1: Live at CFRU, that was Ford Peer of the Ford Peer Vengeance Trio singing Redeem What from the 2018 album Expensive Tissue Ford, That was really great. Thanks, Vish. Is it weird being in there by yourself with the guitar, uh, with me being across from you, staring at you, and then you play the song, and then after that I, I mention what song you play and, and the album it's on and who you are, and then I ask you a couple of questions. Is any of this strange? No. Nah. Okay, good. Now, this song uh, had a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. First of all, you, you uh, I, I tried to allude to this earlier where I feel like, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like you're trying to affirm someone. <laughs> sometimes I think you're trying to cut them down a little bit. In this particular instance, can you recall who the you is, the subject of this song is? Who are you thinking of? If, if a, a real person or, or if it's an amalgam of people, who is the you?
2: I was not thinking of a specific person. I was, you know, maybe I was, yeah, just sort of the... Uh, uh, What is the case called when you say... Well, like I just said, when you say, you know, like you just sort of use you as one. Like a blanket statement. You know, when state, like one a, yes, says... You're generalizing yeah, a little bit, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah it wasn't directed at anybody particular. There was no subject, but I think that it... Uh, the. I wrote the song a long time ago I wrote the song when I lived in Toronto as a matter of fact oh it's It's, an older one it's one of the older ones on the new record just never got around to arranging it with a performing unit and Recording it or anything, and
1: uh, so when that much time <clears throat> passes, does the potential, uh, infl- or rather the inspiration, I suppose, for the song, does that leave you? Were you like, I don't even know what this was was going on at this time? A little, a yeah. little,
2: because I probably had more concrete ideas about what the song should say and at the time, and uh, you know, maybe a, a stronger opinion of whether I was successful in, in, in delivering that sentiment. But uh, yeah, I think that the song is just sort of basically about. You know, everyday problems are enough, and there's Hmm. not really any sort of a need to imbue things and thoughts with uh, special added significance or the symbolic overtones that they all take on when the more they matter to us, they just sort of are, and that's enough.
1: Hmm. Well, th- this almost precludes me from asking any more questions about the significance of the song. <laughs> well, that's, you know, sometimes you feel like a nut, and sometimes you don't. Well, so, I, I do think that I think of you as a, a a real, really excellent sort of narrative songwriter. If that makes any sense, I feel like sure you have a way of, of telling. Yeah, a, a, I'm one of them. You tell a little story <laughs> in each song, and it, I think of the person or the or the uh, you know the situation that you're conjuring, and I can kind of picture it. And I think you, you have a few narrative... Like in that song, you've kind of paired this notion of falling and, and failing and plotting and planning. And that's a yeah. little callback. I, so I just think of you as, as someone who, who can do that, who can kind of bridge ideas together by, by, by some kind of comparison, I suppose. And I'm curious about your, your lyrical influences, perhaps, but also maybe your background as a songwriter. Do you remember what got you into songwriting? What turned you on to do it? Um
2: No uh it's just something that I always did um when you say always I mean always like since you were since I was a little kid
1: really you you mm-hmm. were writing songs as a little child yeah
2: well I was I was not necessarily writing them down but I was humming them to myself and and you know inventing melodies and uh I I uh you know just for the longest time like up until my teens I
1: Well, how did music enter your life? I mean, something must spur you on to start humming and...
2: Well, it was a musical family. My dad was a music professor at the University of Alberta. Oh. Um, What what uh, was his
1: sort of um, area of expertise? uh, Trumpet, brass. Oh, uh, jazz per se? uh, No, no, no. no, no.
2: Uh, Although he was uh, uh, an early advocate for uh, jazz and the stage band, which he directed particularly as being part of of the curriculum.
1: Okay. So there was music in the house.
2: Yeah, there was music in the house, and I had to take piano lessons, which I didn't, you know, particularly enjoy.
1: Now, when did you start taking piano lessons? I asked this because my seven-year-old son is in piano lessons, and mm-hmm. he has a real love-hate relationship with it.
2: I started when I was seven.
1: Weird. Okay, so he, well, you know, he started when he was six. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not trying it's, to trump you for it. I'm not trying to trump you here, and, and no, tell you my son the, is better the, uh, than you.
2: The, uh, really the only thing that you have to wait for is for the hands to be big enough to make a fifth, right? Yeah. You know, some six-year-olds can do that and some people have to wait a year. Although, you know, like there are prodigies who are like four who, who knows how they get around like that, but they do.
1: He has long expressed an interest in music and wanting to know how it works, probably similar to you, always conjuring songs Claims he has 100 albums already recorded, and I
2: say... Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, like, that kid yeah. That kid is in a musical house, He's an extremely a, musical
1: house. It might be fair to say, I yeah. suppose that's true, but do you remember, were, were you, I, I can't recall, were you starting to say that you also, what, what you said was, I had to take piano lessons. Yeah, I was forced. Were, you were forced, so how did that make you feel? How did it make me feel? At the time, were you upset? Were you annoyed? Were you trying to get out of it?
2: Yeah, I think that the lasting tools that I took away from that would have been uh, uh, sneakiness, not getting caught at things. Because the, <laughs> I had to use the, the timer on the stove in the kitchen uh-huh. was how long I had to practice. Right. And we didn't have a proper piano bench, so I had to move a chair out from the dining room because uh-huh. that was the correct height. And if I came home after school and I was a latchkey kid, as you used to be allowed to be without your parents being thrown in the clink... And, uh, when did that start for you? For me,
1: it was grade four, I think. I was home for a few hours by myself at, in grade four.
2: Yeah, yeah, some, some, something like that. Yeah, I don't Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, maybe earlier. I don't know. We lived right across the street from the school. Oh, okay. But um, but yeah. So you know, I'd get home, and I would, you know, have to uh, practice. And uh, I was a messy child, and so it. Uh, you were, you, know, were
1: you also a know-it-all child?
2: I don't know. Uh, I don't so you don't know it was. all. I don't. I don't have That's vivid a f- recollection about that. But the thing was the about the sneakiness that I, 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 I could put the chair in front of the piano as though someone had been sitting at <laughs> uh, that chair in front of the piano, and just like leave enough on the timer so that it would plausibly seem like I like I skipped off five minutes early or whatever, because it seemed to my young mind like. It would be stretching credibility that I would have, you know, like done the full hour. Yeah. Unsupervised. An hour. You were supposed to get an hour. And and put the chair back and everything. So if I made it seem like I was being a slack about it, then they would believe that I had done some of the work. Right. Even though the piano is a a loud
1: instrument and they would have had to have heard you playing to know no, that. No, you were no, no, they weren't home yet. They but weren't they home would, yet. but
2: oh, they would I be see. they right, would be getting home or my mom anyway would be getting home. And it was like Yeah, you're not done. There's still time on the timer. Right. Well, I just I just left.
1: Right.
3: But if the
2: if the time if the timer wasn't on and if the and if the chair wasn't at the piano, no way you did not practice. It's
1: true. It does sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, embolden a, a young child to maybe come up with ways out of it. I'm still not entirely convinced my son isn't throwing his lunch in the garbage When he tells me he's eating all his lunch at school, you never know. They figure these things out. So when did it turn for you? When did it go from a chore to I actually want to know how to do this and I want (sighs) to try to figure this out for myself? Was it high school?
2: Yeah, in high school I started playing guitar and started looking around for people to be in bands with. and, And I was in a band when I was in high school with some guys who were older than I was.
1: Was, it, was Edmonton a place that uh, kind of um,
2: enabled you to do that? Yeah, Edmonton was a great place to grow up in. The, like the, the uh, punk and alternative music community in Edmonton was, was great. It still seems great, Does, doesn't it? The thing about it then, uh, the thing that I always bring up, is that there were no bars or clubs that would, that would book independent music for the longest time. So hmm. a lot of the shows happened at halls. And they would be all-ages shows, so I started going to shows regularly when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. Yeah. And uh, uh, if there was going to be a show, because it was a small place, then there would be a lot of different kinds of bands on the bill. And so you would see Jerry Jerry and the Sons of Rhythm Orchestra and SNFU and, you know, like some cold wave band like Euthanasia or whatever, all on the same bill. Wow. Because there weren't enough crowds of people who were just into one thing to sustain any, you know, separation of these things. So consequently, you got to hear a whole bunch of music, which eh, maybe it wasn't your thing or maybe it became your thing. Right. But yeah.
1: the, but the notion of seeing people <coughs> practically and, and actually doing the stuff that you wanted to do, I mean, that must have a huge impact on a young mind.
2: Sure. Yeah. You're like, oh, absolutely. This is something I can do. Totally. I want to do that. And uh, I'll tell you something else is that you know, all, all the first bands that I saw who were groups like DOA, SNFU, other, you know, like terrific hardcore bands from the prairies at that time, like Personality Crisis and Stretch Marks and everything. Yeah. All of those bands were extremely physical performers. Right. And that just like, you know, between that and watching like a videotape of the kids are all right with the who it just I, I was I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing the first time that I went and saw a band and they were you know like loitering on stage <laughs> the first time that I saw yeah. a static rock band it's like did somebody die are you sad about something <laughs> I wouldn't look like that if my amplifier was that's, making that sound that's true you are
1: a very energetic performer you I, I know you put your all into it
2: well, it's, it's just fun.
1: It's, it is. It's supposed to be. Yeah. It's not supposed to be some dour thing. All right, well, I want to ask you more about that stuff, but I do think we should hear another song uh, from you, and if you can select one for us, that would be excellent.
2: All right. Uh, the one with the boots
3: is haughty and fit. She's got a loud, proud voice and a lacerating wit and she moves fast past where guys like me sit trailing a fragrance of brightly lit rooms she's got hundreds of friends who all look the same she eats food made of vegetables I couldn't name what I'd see is a dare she'd treat like a game I can't say for certain, but it's safe to assume Who are these dark women? In their caves, asleep atop their gleaming hordes Who are these dark women? What are they pulling me towards? stairs is orange, but she goes. She knows things that only an orange goer knows. I could be projecting or something, I suppose. But my sense for such things is not the worst. There's a trick to the blinds, is my best guess. Because they're never ever shut, so you can see what a mess the places at all times. Sometimes you can catch her undressed, and she's just a little older than you might think at first. Who are these dark women? Where do they go to learn the secrets that they guard? Who are these dark women? Is being one of them really so hard? I don't think about my exes It's like the sting of defeat is still too recent And I don't think about the girls I knew When I was a boy Something about that seems indecent I don't make plans for the future. I'd only be letting myself in for a fall. I think about the places I'll never visit, and I chart the space between them
2: and sail past them all.
3: trance is busty but dim that lummox she's with I'm glad I'm not him though in a fair fight my chances it'd be slim he's got height and a good 20 pounds he'll look at his phone and he'll look at her bum past the talk to where he thinks the action's gonna bounce in from still waters run deep Still, I think that he's dumb. Still, he's the one she wants hanging around. Who are these dark women? When they look at me, what is it they don't see? Who are these dark women? What is it they don't want from me? What is it they don't want from me?
1: Ford Pierre live at CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph Ford what song was that
2: the Song's called the uh, the Dark Women
1: and where where, where does that uh, come from I mean what album is it on It's on, it's
2: not on an album okay. it's not on an album uh it's my intention in the uh the early part of the coming year to record like a uh, uh, solo record
1: Okay and do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what might have inspired that uh, particular song
2: Well I think that We both probably know men who, for whatever reason, have never been friends with a woman.
1: Yes. That's probably true. Friends. Yes. Just just friends. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, you know, like, these people don't... It's, you know, it's not talking about, like, incel or something like that. Mm. It's just there are, you know, some... People who might have other redeeming qualities or whatever, but to whom women will always be a mystery just because they've, you know, they've never really talked with one who they didn't like work with or who they weren't in a relationship or whatever. And I think that that's really unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I I think it is. Do you have any perspective or insight on as to why someone might not uh, be able to be friends with someone of of a, a different gender or, or someone that... Uh, oh, I don't know. You don't uh, know. The
2: song the song doesn't go into that really. It's yeah. just, you know, circumstance, yeah. um, uh, hang-ups, you mm. know, whatever. It's just sort of uh, the otherness of women being so much a, a, a part of how certain fellas look at them.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's a that was a powerful song, and I was um, I'm looking forward to hearing you uh, hearing it on a record as well. Thanks. Do you have a Do you have a bunch of songs that you're working towards?
2: Yeah, that was the brief year ago. I guess it was. I started playing more solo shows, which I hadn't done for a few years, and I found myself quite enjoying it. And uh, I was frustrated by the fact that I had to reach way back in the catalog for uh, uh, stuff to perform like that mm-hmm. just because you know uh, since the the vengeance trio has being a thing and, and the the string quartet that I have strength of materials that sort of writing is not possible to deliver in any sort of arrangement that I can pull off right. as a solo performer so I would have to be going back to you know material that was pre 2008 or 2009. Oh, and, I see. You know, I don't have any problem with those songs or whatever, but I just wanted something new that I could play. Mm. And so I wrote a the album's worth of songs the year before last. Okay. And uh, just sort of like, well, okay, yeah, you know, it's very expensive to tour a band these days, and uh, the world is not clamoring for my personal appearances. So mm. seeing armed with... All, all of these new songs, I can get back on the road, which is something that I haven't done for a long time. Yeah. Just because well, you know, money gets in the way.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad you're doing it. Uh, I You alluded to uh, a couple of the bands that you've been in uh, over over the years, and I wonder if, it, for people who don't know, uh, I feel like you've collaborated with some really uh, amazing players. You've, I think you've been kind of an auxiliary member of some really cool bands can you cite any of them that we would and I, I should say like i often when i've seen the the ford pure vengeance trio invariably you were opening for no means no uh <laughs> yeah. so i'm okay. sure i've seen that's
2: not true no you saw us you saw us play with uh, gentleman Reg here at a at a show that that's you put true on. that's absolutely true uh, yeah and i struggle to recall the specific occasions but i think that you might have you might have caught us. A oh no, of times I, I was well. just
1: generalizing. Yeah. It's not the only the case, of course. Yeah. I just would often see you with. I was just, I just wanted <laughs> to talk a little bit about no means no, oh, and, okay. and then also I associate Ma'am. you a little bit with the rheostatics, of course. Yes. Yep. Uh, what was your relationship with Rio Statics? Were you considered an auxiliary member? Did you perform with it? Because I I'd see you pop was, up every once in a while.
2: Yeah, depending upon who, you, if you were to ask anybody in the band, then I was basically I was in the band for the last year that they were together before splitting up. Right. And you know, did the last show with them, and I've appeared with them uh, uh, a couple of times since they've got back together.
1: Right. Okay. So and, that's uh, that's a so, relationship. So yeah, that's
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, and that just sort of came about as well. Actually, any of these bands that I've been in, it came about like this. I turned up at a gig with an instrument, and they didn't tell me to put it away. <laughs> that's, that's a fact. That's, that's how I started playing with Rio Statics. You just started so that, sort of fiddling I around with just, them. I just I turned up at the embassy in London. It's like, hey guys, and I'm sure that it was like, did you tell Ford to bring down a keyboard? Oh, okay. Well, I don't <laughs> know. maybe maybe Martin did. Where did they go? And then <laughs> you just
1: foisted yourself upon the band
2: that is that's that's 100% it the wow. only the only, I think that the only one that I was ever invited into was DOA
1: so you were a member of DOA I was a member of DOA and and how long was that
2: uh, 4 years in the 1990s
1: and i mean this band has has apparently stopped playing they've retired uh, at least a couple of times that i can think of
2: yeah it, it, i don't know i mean like no more than you know other Legacy acts, sure, <laughs> sure. As far as I'm concerned, you know, like Joe is is one of the dearest people in the world to me, and he gets a pass, right? Any of that, he can, you know, he can put on. Oh, his, as, I wasn't even as uh, many uh, as many breakup shows and reunion shows as he wants. to. I wasn't even
1: disparaging it. It's just uh, <laughs> no,
2: I I know that you weren't, but there are some people to whom it's a little bit of a joke, and I, you know, I don't care b- because they you are a
1: going concern. Still, they are a going concern. Right. So you haven't, but you haven't played with them in. Since you said the 90s, Well, right? n-
2: n- yeah, but I, I, you know, I pop up for special occasions. And as a matter of fact, there is this sort of provisional lineup with uh, myself and, and uh, Floor Tom, one of the drummers who was in the group after I was in the band, hmm. who the guys that Joe has playing with him right now are, uh, they live in Nelson. Oh, okay. So, you know, like if he has a Green Party benefit or something like that, then, then Floor Tom and I'll be his band and the oh, bass, and so yeah, right. we did one of those a couple of months ago, and then we also just played a couple of weeks ago for Randy Rampage's wake.
1: Right, uh, and I'm sorry about that. Uh,
2: yeah, well, yeah. you know, he was he was a happy guy, and he lived exactly the way that he wanted to, and yeah. and uh, his celebration of life or whatever was uh it was terrific. There was you know like I don't go way back with all of those people like to 1978 or whatever, you know, I was, I was eight. Yeah. 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 But, uh, um, you know, there I was backstage with all five pointed sticks and Joe and all of the dish rags and here's Art Bergman as well. And, and everybody, it's not as though everybody gets together for barbecues all the time or whatever, but there's, you know, they're, they're war buddies. Nice. So yeah, it was really, really great to, you know, like be a small part of, all of those people who did something so important, yeah, uh, you know, just sort of getting together and at least having that much in common. No,
1: that sounds that sounds fun and, and, and fun under the circumstances. <coughs> I should say yeah. that sounds great. Oh,
2: it was it was good. Yeah. Randy wouldn't have wanted any Randy would have been repulsed if his you know if his if his wake were any sort of a somber affair
1: yeah well no means no stopped playing uh, yeah. they kind of made an announcement a, a couple of years ago now yeah uh, they're through they're done um, do you keep in touch with any of the members of mm-hmm. that band yep yeah, yep yeah, for sure and how are they well doing?
2: Tommy and I are going to be touring Europe oh right excellent yeah, yeah, Tom uh,
1: Halson's a great really funny oh, I yeah. was just thinking of him uh, last week because he made me laugh harder on the radio than almost anyone I've ever interviewed he'll do that yeah <laughs> and do you, do you speak with John oh or? he
2: started talking to that woman about that the Robert Louis Stevenson short story the, the oh, wrong. are, the are wrong you referring box. to
1: the interview we did at the breakfast yes the, yeah, yeah that's yeah, right yeah, I yeah. Heard yeah. That. yeah, yeah that, that was, was that yeah. I really enjoyed that it's it's really still a highlight of my life
2: ex, explain explaining the concept of the tontine <laughs>
1: that's right he's a brilliant uh, brilliant man and, and and john and rob do you speak with them at all
2: uh uh no, no. Uh, i well no that's not that's not true i mean like i i i see john when he's in town but he lives up on the sunshine coast right. that's not tom right uh yeah uh you know a couple of times a year yeah. definitely and uh we he's working on some solo stuff and i was going to write some lyrics for him and oh, everything nice. but i've been taking too long about that we yeah. don't see each other every day but when yeah. we do see each other yeah it's great you know a okay. couple of bottles of wine and you know just and uh yeah well you know robbie has different priorities these days yeah. i have no no doubt that we will but you know he's he's never been a big socializer no or that's you'd, my understanding yeah you need a a a reason to have anything to do with him or whatever and he's just you know he came late to fatherhood and that's his focus
1: yeah the last time I saw him was in Calgary and, and I gave him a hug he gave me yep. a he gave yeah, me yeah. a hug and yeah. then he, and then I haven't seen him since. He's and, a hugger. Uh, he is, and I, I know it's uh I was told often every time I got to interview Rob that he doesn't do that very often, <laughs> and I, I really really appreciate it. Well, unfortunately, we are running uh, short on time, and I thought uh, again I want to let people know that the new the newest Ford Pure Vengeance trio album is called Expensive Tissue. Uh, Ford, you're not on all of the social media stuff. Where would you like people to go to learn more about this record and and you?
2: Uh my website, Fnordpeer.com. Okay, that's a good what, wait. And what, how, uh <laughs> and uh other than that, you know, I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook and stuff like that. And you're that. on bandcamp and things yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all there. Store,
1: yeah. And uh yeah, and you've got some tour dates coming up uh over the next little while. Yep. And they're all on your website. Mm-hmm. Okay, that all right. They are. Do you want to play one more song for us uh, before we go? And if so, can you tell us what song it is?
2: Yeah, I'll do. A, you gave me an idea. I'll do a song uh, from the uh, from the band that uh, uh, that uh, Tom and John and I had with some other characters from Victoria. It was a band that uh, Tom started in the late '80s. Him and Steve Bailey from the Neos started this band called the Show Business Giants. Yes, that's right. And sort of the the solid lineup throughout our most productive years was Tom and uh, uh, John and myself and Scott Henderson uh, and all of us just basically and sometimes Keith Rose playing bass but otherwise everybody just like kind of trading instruments and once every couple of years we would make a record and tour Europe.
1: Nice yeah well before you start the song and please tell Mm -hmm. us what it is I just want to say thank you so much for being with me today and being on on the show and on the radio with me it really means a lot.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Okay, this is a a song from the show business Giants record, Will There Be Corn, and it's called Because He Comes From Here.
3: Remember him, that's what's his name. Up of the bar in the picture frame, he played a hella game of hockey, or was it the guitar? The only thing that matters that he's one of ours, and we take pride in the things he's done because he comes from here. He's a favorite son. We all remember when he started out. We'd heckle and guffaw, but we really knew he had it all along because he comes from here. I remember Once I gave him some advice He took my sister out And it seemed real nice I used to buy him beer When he was 17 Everything he knows He learned from me And we take pride in the things he's done Because he comes from here He's a favorite son We all remember when he started out We'd heckle and guffaw But we really knew he had it all along Last time it was in town, I saw him walking down the street. He didn't say much, guess now he's stuck up. Or could it be that maybe he remembers how we used to point and snicker? He was an easy target then, and now he's that much bigger comes from here. The headlines blare, the tabloid sizzle, the critics and the cultural doyens bristle. I could have told you then because I knew it all along. There was always something about him just a little bit wrong. And we take pride in the things he's done because he comes from here. He's a favorite son, we all remember when he started out, we heckle and go for, because he's local and we take pride in the things he's done because he comes from here. He's a favorite son and we all remember when he started out. We'd heckle and far, but we really knew we had it all along because he, because he comes from here. Because he comes from here. Because he comes from here. Comes from here. Comes from here.
1: Very special thanks to the staff and volunteers at CFRU 93.3 FM and also to Ford Peer for appearing on this, the 476th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on Spotify and Audioboom and YouTube and all sorts of other things. If you're looking for an episode that you've heard about but you can't find it on any of those things, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, Please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me directly at vishkana. Also, listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at cfru.ca, or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep the podcast going thanks again to all of you who do this already it means a lot if uh, you are thinking about doing it and you're like why would I do that well the show needs your support financially so if you can visit patreon.com slash creative control and give the show a flexible monthly donation it would really mean a lot thanks again to pizza trocadero the bookshelf Planet bean coffee CFRU and granddad's donuts for their in-kind support for this show thank you as well to Jim Guthrie he lets me use a song of his on the show each and every week Go to jimguthrie.org to learn more about Jim. And finally, thank you. Thank you for listening to this program and subscribing to the podcast and telling your friends to do all of those things as well. And, yeah, some good episodes coming up as I'm speaking to you. I'm excited. Some things are in the can now, and I'm very excited about about sharing them with you, which is uh, good. So stay stick around and, uh, <laughs> and pay attention and uh, more episodes to come. Thank you very much. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.